to come before your throne of grace. We will receive your mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. We expect it. And we call for it from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Let your glory descend in this place. Open the ears of your people. Open our hearts to hear and obey and store within the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So um, we're going to talk today about hearing abundance, hearing abundance. Um, We need to have the ability to hear abundance in the realm of the spirit. When I think about abundance, certain words come uh, to my thinking, not just abundance of all things, but revival, glory, the former and the latter reign together, the Amos 9, 13 through 15 blessing. All of those go through my mind when I think abundance, because when heaven opens up, it is a flood. It's not just hitting one area. And we need to understand that. Now, you might compartmentalize your faith and just be believing in one area. But I'm telling you, if you will tune in to God's frequency, he is always uh, sending messages of abundance to us. And, And it is a distinct sound in the spirit. And I believe he wants us to, and I know we can, train our spiritual ears to hear abundance amen and expect it position ourselves to receive and position ourselves to walk in the full abundance that god has for us so in first kings chapter 18 starting in verse 1 we'll see the story the story's familiar uh, but i think god wants us to pull some some nuances here and, and some new revelation hopefully or refresh old revelation you know revelation is never old i should never because whenever god brings it it's fresh and new and so uh sometimes we are just not as tuned into it as we could but but we can get that so abundance produces a distinct spiritual sound and we need to tune into the frequency of abundance now there are different voices there are different utterances of god's word and of god's promises um but you need to recognize the distinct sound that god brings to his word and understand that abundance is what you should expect when you tune into that place in god for instance we can give each other blessings we can give each other good wishes and prophecies and things of that nature And, you know, God's going to give you a house, God's going to give you this, God's going to give you that. And it just depends on how we hear, how we let it register on the inside of us and what we do with it. Many people go into religious atmospheres full of fear. Did you know that? There are many people that will come into an assembly and they look more with their eyes than tune in with their spirit. We had some people like that. We had some people, they weren't spirit-filled, and they belonged to a ministry, and we had them come in and share some things. But they hid in their in their room the whole time, unless they were speaking. Uh, they hid in their rooms because they were looking with carnal eyes at what was going on, and they didn't know about all these people being all happy and jumping around and in tongues and all that. So they... There was a lot of fear there. And you could sense it when you got around them. They were just not at ease. 
And so when you come into an atmosphere that God has invited you into, you need to drop all of your fears, defenses, all of your, um, you know, religious thinking, judgmentalism, all of that. And you need to learn how to get in an atmosphere and trust God, you know, just relax in God. I mean, even if there's not much going on, he'll protect you through it. You know, you're not going to. Uh, I, we, we, our first church that we started out in, it was just so full of religion. Everything was phony that they did. They jump up and that remember <laughs> poor minister Phyllis, she would jump and her hair was over here and she was over there and, you know, just a bunch of crazy stuff in the, they, that, but that was what they thought was spirituality. You know what I'm saying? Um, and people like that sometimes are hard to bring out and correct. So don't waste your time a whole lot of, you know, you get in the worst fights of your life with religious people, man. They pull a gun on you in the parking lot and, you know, all that kind of stuff because you didn't like the way they praise God, you know. So, uh, But if you're in an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is free, learn how to release your judgment and release yourself from fear. You got nothing to be afraid of. Your God is is uh, all powerful. The Bible says if you ask God for bread, is He gonna give you a scorpion? You know what I'm saying? If he's if you asking Him for a blessing, He's not gonna let the devil come in and mess with you. And so uh, get over yourself, you know, and and just get in the flow of where God is, and learn how to let Him take you to places where He can 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 reveal things to you the way he did with the prophets remember god would take god the spirit of god caught me up the hand of god lifted me up and did things like that he has to get you in a place where he can talk to you where you can hear him and where you can make the proper response and so we need to know that god knows how to tune us in to his frequency so that we can hear accurately we can have the proper deposit of faith in our hearts from that word that he's given to us all this happens when we are um, allowing God to have the freedom to let his sound come into us and let that sound penetrate our being amen and so there is a specific sound of abundance it begins, number one, with the word of the Lord, whether it's a rhema word, prophetic word, or when you read out of the Bible, a rhema word. Man, it, it must start with the voice of God. The obedience it requires has certain elements. So in order for that abundance to come into your life, there are certain elements of obedience required. First element is your obedience must be uncommon. Uncommon. Now, what do I mean by uncommon? I'm talking about this is beyond your tithe and offering routine. This is beyond your normal giving routine. This is something that will take you out of the place of the average and bring you into a specific place that's tailor-made for you to put things into your possession that that God wants you to have in an abundant fashion. Like what you do with your, your giving on a regular basis comes out of your paycheck, you pay your bills, 
You know what I'm saying. That's the routine. But when God wants abundance, there's something uncommon about what he requires from us. It's got to go over and above what you're able. It's got to shock you, in other words. If you want to shock God, you got to shock yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Just come out of. You look at all the people that got blessed, say like the woman with the cruise of oil that never failed. It, it was a shock to her to go and borrow all of those vessels from her neighbors. Now, God could have supernaturally produced jars. Get with me now. But there's something about your own obedience that will cut through your pride, will cut through your fear. All of that has to be chopped through so that you can get down to where your spirit person is, so your spirit can get free to obey God. Number one, she's probably hiding from the neighbors. Well, all y'all Catholics in here today, you know, I know you don't hide from your neighbors, but you know, when you broke and you begging, it's like, okay, now I got to let my neighbors know I'm broke. And she's borrowing empty vessels. And that's kind of like, oh, okay, I can't ask them for anything to get your need met the way you usually do it. Huh? Throwing hints. Huh? Saying you ask her for prayer, but you open it. At the end of that conversation, they give you that check. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Not that. That ain't allowed. So God has a purpose in all of that. And also, it's to extend her faith. He said, not a few. What God calls not a few is probably more than what we call not a few. But she went as far as she could go. She found out that the oil continued to pour after the last vessel was full. It's all there's always more in glory than we can ask or think. You got it. It blew her mind. She probably sat there and said, man, if I had known he was going to pour out like this. I'd have borrowed more jars. There's always going to be that element to the blessing of God. You're never going to bankrupt him. You're never going to get to the bottom of his storehouse. So let's get with it. (laughs) Amen. So it begins with the word of the Lord. The rhema word, prophetic word, requires obedience, which is uncommon. So the first element is uncommon obedience. Something that's going to crucify your flesh, humble you. Mm Hmm? Make you admit something, get you out of your pride and out of your religion and out of your what you usually do. The other thing is it takes faith. Faith must be involved. This is not the time for you to make God prove to you over and over again that he's a good God. You're going to have to use whatever faith you got You can't withhold your faith from this and expect God to come up and show you something. 
you know what I'm saying? He doesn't owe you a show. But you need to show your faith so that you can. I don't care what shape your faith is in. Raggedy faith, halfway faith. I wish I could get it together faith. I wish I knew what confession to make to impress you faith. Whatever it is that you got, put it out there. Faith is faith. He works with what we have. Many times you saw Jesus would marvel at people because they were either in unbelief, that makes his head spin, or their faith is great, and that makes his head spin. So either way around, we're going to get a reaction from him. Amen? Whether we got little faith or great faith, it's going to, he's going to get a re, we get a reaction from him. And he's the author and completer of our faith. So if it's inadequate to begin with, He is obligated to work with that to bring it up to the level it needs to be. Look at all the people that came to Jesus and he ignored them when they first got there. And after a period of time, they got a miracle. One person came with with blow his mind faith, and that was one with the issue of blood. Remember her? She just knew not everybody came to him came knowing they came halfway knowing not real sure but they used what they had the Syrophoenician woman with the the lunatic daughter Jesus ignored her and she got in she was one of them kind of chicks you know you don't quit me I quit you that's a good kind of chick to be when you're trying to get something from God I'm talking to you, Jesus. You don't turn your, what? Call me a dog. Well, if I'm a dog, I can, she was one of them. If I'm a dog, I can get something off the table. He said, bam, you got it. Huh? The faith that doesn't quit. See, he worked with what she had. He knew her faith was in there somewhere. He just had to provoke it out of her. So he's the author and completer of our faith. He completed her faith and got that her daughter was healed. He had to heal the daughter. But Jesus is always trying to provoke our faith. That's why when we ask for stuff, we don't get it the first time out. Because he knows that if he gave it to us first time out, we take something, take it and do something devilish with it. He lets you hunger so that you wear out your flesh. And by the time you get it, you don't promise Jesus half of it. You love him so much you don't know what. Huh? All y'all didn't had a rough girlfriend or boyfriend in your life. Huh? Dying to be around them after they treated you rough. Everybody's got somebody like that in there. Uh So he knows how to provoke us to obedience, provoke faith out of us. That's why we don't get it right away. Sometimes we get what we want and we forget the God that gave it to us. He wants better for us than that. He's not going to let you throw everything he's invested in you away. Because he knows you can live up to his expectation. 
Amen? You don't have to live like a heathen. You can live up to his expectations. So number one has to be uncommon. The obedience required for abundance is uncommon. It takes faith. And number three, it takes sacrifice. There must be an element of sacrifice in it. To sacrifice really means to slaughter the flesh and the soul. The carnal man. When we say slaughter the flesh, most people don't even <laughs> know what that means. You know what I'm saying? But your soul will, will, will be starved. Your carnal man's thinking will be starved. Abraham, what, considered not his own body. Couldn't think about what what he was going through in the natural. He couldn't think about his age. He couldn't think about his impotence. He couldn't think about Sarah, the same thing. That was a sacrifice. How many of us sit up and wonder when we going to get something? If I don't get it now, I just, you know, I'm not getting old. Hmm? You can't do that. That's a sacrifice. You're going to have to make that sacrifice. If you're going to get what God has for you, you're going to have to quit complaining and saying God understands because he don't. And you don't need understanding. You need something from God. Let's forget the understanding. You can't eat understanding. You can't pay no bills with understanding. You need a blessing from heaven. He don't understand that nonsense. He don't understand why you don't rejoice. Ow! Burn! Cut it out. I'm not going to cut it out. Number one, sacrifice gets God's attention. When your flesh is slaughtered, you're totally given over to the spirit man. So you got his attention and he's got yours. Sacrifice reveals your heart. It reveals the heart of the giver or recipient. You'll be a recipient if you start out being a giver. Sacrifice also symbolizes or proves total trust in God. Number four, sacrifice takes control from the giver. The other thing that's important is it disables the resources of the God of this world. So if you're worried about the devil giving you something you're not supposed to have, sacrifice will put a nail in that coffin. You got me? Remember the widow's mite principle. She gave all she had. When this is done, abundance flows. Man, you give the required sacrifice and abundance will flow. So in 1 Kings chapter 18, we'll go over some of these points and principles. Verse 1 came to pass after many days. That the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I don't care how long it takes. God's word of deliverance will come to you. He's promised you that. Many people faint after 90 days. How'd you like a year? How'd you like five? How do you like 10? How'd you like 20? How do you like 30? 
the word of the Lord came to him in the third year of famine, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now, this is the sound, the first sound of abundance. He says, Go show yourself to Ahab. Here we go. Sacrifice. Prophets of God during that time were hiding out from the king. You know who Ahab is. Husband of Jezebel. Need I say more? You better not live next door to them. They'd kill you and take your property. You understand what I'm saying? Them kind of, that kind of king. Huh? And so he says, go show yourself to him and I will send rain upon the earth. Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. And there was a very bad famine in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of his house. Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets, hid them in a cave, fed them bread and water, hid them in the cave, 50 in each cave. Ahab said to Obadiah, go into the land, unto the fountains of water, unto the brooks. Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him. And he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell your lord, behold, Elijah is here. So Elijah is getting ready to reveal himself to Ahab, just like the word of the Lord told him to. He is, though, sending that message through another prophet who is under his authority, and that's Obadiah. Obadiah and Ahab are making plans for the famine to continue. So the only person who's heard the sound of abundance is guess who? Elijah. He is now beginning to communicate, having communicate that sound to other people as well. And so God wants everybody under the sound of his voice to receive abundance in all things. Amen. And so abundance is something that starts out in the heart of of the receiver of the word of the Lord. And then it goes into the ears of the hearer. And it commits that hearer to do something with that word so that they can receive the flow of abundance too. Because it's not going to, it's not just for the prophet of God. It's not just for one person ever. When God starts to rain and pour out, it is to bless a people, bless a family, bless a nation, bless a neighborhood, bless a city, bless a country, bless the whole world. That's what abundance is for. It's not for you to go hide it in your house under the bed and hope nobody knows you got it abundance will tell on itself remember the the lepers that sat outside the gate why sit we here until we die and then they went in and found all that stuff nobody in there but then and it told they had to go tell somebody it was so much they had to to go out and spread the news Huh? Because abundance has its own voice. You can't keep it to yourself. That's what it's for. That's why it's called abundance. It's too much for you. 
It's too much for one person. It has to be shared. It's to be shared. And so here Elijah, he's giving uh, Obadiah instruction. Obadiah doesn't want to do this. Because Elijah been known to appear and disappear on folk and then Ahab's mad at him. He goes through this whole argument with Elijah. He says, now I ain't going to tell this king nothing because the minute I say it, go to here, Elijah's here. You're going to disappear and say God took you someplace else and then I'll get in trouble. So he's not expecting abundance. He's expecting the status quo. Amen. And he says here, uh, let me see. Yeah, he's as soon as I'm verse 12, as soon as I'm gone, the spirit of the Lord will carry you someplace else and I won't know where you are. Huh? And he says, uh, verse 13, was it not told my Lord that I did what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord and how I did? Well, he's singing his own song. I need to be spared because I did a good deed for God. And now you're going to set me up to get killed anyway. I'm just barely making it here, Elijah. Leave me alone. And so in verse 17, it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, uh, okay, in verse 16, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him Ahab went to meet Elijah. It came to pass. See, this is the sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? These men meeting each other, sworn enemies meeting each other and coming in contact. So Obadiah slaughters his flesh. So he makes, he enters into the sacrifice Elijah slaughters his flesh and goes to meet Ahab because Ahab's going to kill him if he can get his hands on him. And so he says, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, are you the one that troubles Israel? In other words, you're the troublemaker, prophet. Every time you talk to me and talk about me, you're saying bad things about me. Verse 18, he answered, I am not troubled, Israel, but but you and your father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed after Balaam. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, with each at, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto him all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets unto Mount Carmel. Now, why is Ahab obeying the prophet of God? And he hates him. When God ordains a thing, he takes care of the resistance. This is an ordained occurrence. The sound of abundance has come already from heaven. So heaven's already stirred up to pour out. When God tells you something is going to happen, it will happen if it's God. Now, one of the problems we have is is people got a mouth and they can talk all they want to. And we got a lot of confusing voices out here that have promised people things forever and has not come to pass. And so, well, you know, you don't have to amen, man. I don't care. I'll amen it myself. But I've seen enough. Of, I've seen people's books on prosperity and their this on prosperity. And them same people that were sitting up there waiting for the wealth transfer have left the churches and they are shut down. You understand what I'm saying? So they're on one frequency, but the sound of abundance is on the higher frequency. And when God is ready to pour out, he will get people in gear to do it. And anybody who's going to resist, 
is immobilized, shut down, moved out of the way. So even wicked Ahab, instead of obeying his wife all the time, whining to his wife, You know, sometimes men are married to the right, wrong women. You know what I'm saying? Your husband crawl up on the bed in a fetal position and cry. I'd kick him up out that bed. I just, I'd have to upset myself. What did God tell Job? He was full of running sores and boils. He said, get up and array yourself like a man. What you doing laying down that bed asking, acting like you don't have no God? Huh? Get up and act like somebody who's got a God. So so anyway, Ahab obeys. <laughs> he said, do what, did what Elijah told him to do. Elijah came to all the people and said, how long? In other words, it's time to make a decision. Time is up for being wishy-washy. Time is up for vacillating back and forth. Time is up. He said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If God's God, serve him. If Baal's God, serve him. But make a decision today. Got me? And so Ahab brings them to a point of decision. True prophets will bring you to a point of decision. You got me? They have the anointing to persuade like no other voice does. You can ignore it for as long as you want to, but it's sometimes you got to make a decision about that word. It's not going to linger out in limbo forever waiting on you to obey it. You got me? It will have to do that. Prophetic anointing does that. So anyway, six. Huh. Verses five and six. Did I skip that? Okay. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay, so Ahab sent to all the children of Israel, gathered the prophets together to Mount Carmel. Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. But follow somebody. Quit riding the fence. And the people answered him not a word, which is wise. Because if you don't know the right answer, see, you can tell confusion. Because it won't allow you to make a decision right then and there. So what does God do when people are confused? He convinces them the right way to go. He's not going to leave them messed up like that. They've been dancing around Baal and throwing their kids in the fire and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and now Elijah challenges them. If, you know, that ain't God. Somebody you think is God all this time, you find out it ain't God. Think of the shock. Look at all the religions in the world that ain't God. And the shock that these people are in to find out there is another God, a real God somewhere who really talks to you and answers you, take care of you, loves you. So Elijah covers for the hidden prophets. Verse 22 says, then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. What about the hundred that Obadiah has been taken care of? Elijah says, I'm the only one left. And so he covers for those that are weak 
and that are fearful. So they will partake of the abundance as well, but they don't have to make the sacrifice of identifying themselves. So there are many people, and see, this is the overflow principle in abundance. There are key people who are called to take that thing to to its max. They have the word in them. They have instructions to carry out. And then the overflow blesses the masses of people. Remember David and his mighty men, and when they had to take Ziklag back, there were some men who were too tired to make the journey. Now, the mighty men look at that like, really? Look at him. There's John over there whining again. John will never want to get up and do nothing. And then when, the, when they gathered everything, all the mighty men wanted to take everything. And, and David said, uh-uh, not so. He said, those who stayed back to guard the stuff partake in everything. He said, this day is a blessing and joyful unto the Lord. This is what God gave us. Amen. So he said, this is a holy day unto the Lord. We've, he's defeated our enemy for us. Everybody should be rejoicing. Amen. Everybody should be partaking of the goodness of God. And that's the purpose for abundance. There are some people who are called to lead and, and you know, be initiators to release to others the goodness of God. You got me? Everybody does their job. Everybody's called to do what they're called to do. And so if you will let God orchestrate this and do what he wants to do, it will get done. And so here we have Elijah up there talking. He, he says, I'm the only one. So he covers these 100 prophets so that they're not at risk. This is up to Elijah to orchestrate this as God's spokesman and as the one who is hearing abundance and by step by step, he gets instruction from God. Now, many times, prophets don't know the next move they're going to make until they make the first move. So it's not like you get a, a video played out scene by scene and you know what you're going to do. So it takes faith at every juncture to make the next step. This is what kills people. But this is also what kills your flesh and your soul. Because if God would play that out, your soul would start what I call the rewrite. Huh? The chicken fearful rewrite. Well, God, maybe I don't have to do that that way. Maybe I can do it like this. Huh? If if Elijah had seen himself fully in what he was about to do, he probably would have run before the sacrifice and everything was made. But he decided, God decided to take him step by step through it so that God can have total and full control so we don't screw it up. Because we'll always back down and back up. When your soul is involved in something, your soul wants to rewrite it into chicken version. Something that's going to be safe to do, something that's not going to be risky, something that's not going to cost you anything, something that you can control, something that won't take your last dollar, holler, and God don't want your last nothing. But you need to give it up because if you don't, you'll never get into that place where you'll see what God really can do. So 
Elijah decides to cover for the hidden prophets. He says, I'm the only one left. And Elijah said to the people, and Baal's prophets are 450 men, so I'm outnumbered. Don't be shocked if you're outnumbered by the devil's people. Don't be shocked if they crawl out of the woodworks to tell you how this won't work, how it's not going to, oh, this isn't God. He wouldn't do this to you. He wouldn't do this to the other person. He wouldn't, you know, this ain't God. So he takes full responsibility for his words and his actions. The challenge, this is a challenge place. Is the God of this world God or is Jehovah God? And that's how confused the people were. Well, look at the people in the world now. Look at the church now. They don't know God. They, you know, they've been running around, dancing around in church. Half clothed. And think they're holy people. You know, I don't ever argue with people who preach in robes. Because I've seen the alternative. You give people an inch man in front of a group of people and they will take a mile and take their clothes off on it. Well, David does. No, he didn't. Exaggerate everything. I don't know if you read the new naked version of the Bible or what you're reading, but you understand what I'm saying? David jumped out his clothes. The Bible don't say that. He was a man after God's own heart. He didn't have nothing to prove. He could have any woman in that audience he wanted. Oopsie, maybe I hurt somebody's feelings. I don't know. Well, too bad. I don't know. It's right. Just because you got it, you don't have to flaunt it. Amen. Amen. So he takes full responsibility for his words and actions. And the challenge is the God of this world, is is he God or is Jehovah God? And and this is what God was speaking to us in the prophecy about an upgrade. Many of us live with the fruits of the God of this world. We don't know it yet, but, you know, uh, most of the time that we'll come to God when we need something that the God of this world system won't provide for us. You know, you come to God in an emergency. I need this. I need that. So you, you know, you be obedient. Be a good girl. Be good, good boy. Don't cuss nobody. Don't say nothing bad. Don't think no bad thoughts. Turn the TV off. <laughs> Manipulators. But very few of us live in walk with God like Enoch did. Just walk in obedience to God and just wait on him to tell you to do something before you do it. Most of us are pushed by the devil to do a lot of stuff. Just pushed and prodded. <laughs> Listen to his gang. So he sets this challenge up by the Spirit of God. We're talking about the sound of abundance. What's driving Elijah at every step? He's heard the word of the Lord. He's thinking to himself, the abundance hasn't come yet. I better keep moving and keep obeying until it gets here. Because after sound comes sight. 
And when sight is there, then the reality's there. You got me? And so <clears throat> he says, Elijah said to the people in verse 22. We said that. Verse 23. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let them choose one bullock for themselves. Cut it in pieces. Lay wood on it. Put no fire under it. I will dress the other bullock and lay wood on it. Put no fire under it. So no fire means you don't start anything. Again, it's a sacrifice. Not only is he slaughtering the animal, but he's slaughtering his own ability to call down God's power. Wait on God. Hate to wait. Huh? We want some action, man. I don't care if it's right or wrong action. We want to see something today. So we get our little strange fire out, try to start something up. God told me to tell you. Or we run to somebody and get them to say God told them something. They need to. Huh? No fire. Put your little sticks away. Huh? Put your little matches away. Got no business with no matches anyway, you non-smokers. But there's people confused now, even in the church. Church is the first place there's confusion. Don't believe true prophets. Now, they'll let other people prophesy to them all day long, but you'd let a real prophet of God come with a word, and they I don't know about all of that now. Why? Because they're on the wrong frequency. They're used to listening to getting their flesh built up, and, huh? Talking about cars and houses. Man, do you know I'm on my way to heaven? And I'm going to sell my soul for a Mercedes or a Cadillac or whatever it is. You think that's important to me? I'd have been in heaven this morning. Are you kidding me? Get real, folks. I mean, God's exposing everything. Even the ministers we worship, I shouldn't say worship, you know, thought they could do no wrong. Uh, Everything they said was right. Uh, Stop it. Put your fire away. Amen. So there's no fires allowed here. Verse 25. And he says, you call on the name of your God. I love this. I love this. Stand right next to the devil's people. Huh? Allah, you call, you call on Islam or whoever you are, you call on Allah, I'm gonna call on the living God. Woo! <laughs> you call yours and I'll call mine. We'll see who shows up. <laughs> you love it. Woo! So he told the people, he said, yeah, the God who answers, he's going to be God. And the people said, oh, yeah, that is right. That's right. Whoever answers is God. Amen. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves. Dress it first for your many. Call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. They took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal, 
from morning to night. From morning to night. Most believers don't have that kind of faith. If God told you to call him from morning to night, you'd have a stroke. Well, if it's God, he can answer me quick. I mean, he's a very present help in trouble. Huh? We go telling God his own word, you know. You see what the devil requires out of people? I'd rather get with God and get an upgrade. Huh? I'd rather get with God and get an upgrade. They were saying, oh, Baal, hear us. Baal is cool. Come on, Baal, do your thing. He did nothing. They even leaped on the altar. Then they started to cut themselves. And Elijah began to mock them and said, cry aloud. Oh, he's God now. If he got either talking or he's out working or doing something, but keep screaming until he hears you. Wake him up. And they cried aloud, cut themselves. See, religion will make you do anything. It'll make you do something and tell you that works. Then when it doesn't work, it'll tell you do something else and that'll work. God has one requirement. Worship me. Put me first and worship me. Give me your love. Worship me. Huh? Wealth and riches will be in your house. Your seed will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright is blessed. They recutting the covenant, shedding their own blood now for Baal. Verse 29, it came to pass when midday was passed, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening. They prophesied on the wrong frequency. Just out into nowhere, calling on Baal, his little prophets. And Elijah said to all the people, um, come over here got something to show you now, you guys have had all day and you ain't seen nothing i got something to show you all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the lord that was broken down mm. some things have to be restored to god in order for him to come through and do what needs to be done he needed a proper altar And it showed the people, I'm sure, as the people began to rebuild it, they began to recognize their error and their sin. Or Elijah would have rebuilt it himself before he got up there. But they had to partake of it. Why rebuilding the altar? Because that is the requirement from God. You just don't offer to him any old thing. You have to have a proper altar for him. It has to be a holy altar. All the instruments sanctified in the blood, huh? And so he rebuilds that altar that the people had neglected and broken down. And I'm sure anybody was paying attention, began to weep and began to repent for turning their backs on the living God and turning to Baal, who is failing them right in front of their very eyes. See, God is not afraid to go head to head against the devil. I mean, that's his thing. He loves that. He's got to find somebody willing to go with him in it. 
all our renowned preachers, mega church people, stick a, a microphone in their mouth and ask them, uh, how does God feel about homosexuality? Well, uh, <laughs> huh? Broken down altars. Speaking for God and your altar is broken. It's not a holy altar. Huh? All you got to do is get your Bible out. Oh, don't take my word for nothing. Let me show you what it says here in the Bible. And you make up your mind. I'm just his servant. This is his word. I'm going to read it to you. They're afraid of their uh, whatever. Their mammon. So these are instructions for abundance. And In verse 31, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sun. This is to include everybody in Israel in the abundance. Amen. Representatives of all of the people that God wants to bless. And the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with all the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. He put wood in the and put wood in order, cut the bullock in pieces, laid him on the wood, and said, "Fill four barrels with what?" Hello. Any idiot can strike a match and make a sacrifice. God wants to do this Himself. When God starts to pour out abundance, when He reveals abundance to His people with the sound of abundance. He is going to do it all himself. He does not need us to make it easy for him. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Consider not what you can do. Consider not your contribution. Consider not, oh God, I don't know if I, do. well, I don't really need abundance. I just need an, ah, shut up. You let God do it. See, that's our problem. You get you don't want to slaughter your soul and, and keep your little thoughts out of it. So you want to make it easy for God and you don't have to have all this and you don't have to do all that and you God's talking about a power resting on his people that will change a neighborhood in one day. That will make homeless people want to go get a house, take a shower, go live with people, get their families back. We're talking about a power that will take a drugged out mentality and convert it back so they're not in the tombs cutting themselves and and using private, I mean, public sidewalks for the bathroom. You realize how demonized all those people are and we got political people covering for them calling it normal woe be to the people that call good evil and evil good that's nothing but the devil that would make you do that to dehumanize you to that point where you don't even feel like a human being anymore you see little pockets of glory here and there you know, I praise God for these people. I see like a guy that it goes and, and 
takes his barber tools with him and gives a homeless man a haircut. When you let that person see who they really are, it changes them. You don't support their their rebellion and their uh, their rejection and all that kind of stuff. You don't encourage them to live that. They are free to do it. That's not free, honey. That is totally bound. You need to learn the difference. Nonsense. God God clothes us in dignity. He doesn't demean us and degrade us. We all need an upgrade. The homeless people need an upgrade. Amen. So he builds this altar. He says, fill it with water, verse 33. And he said, do it a second time. They did it again. Do it a third time. Ain't wet enough yet. And the water ran around about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, be it known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. Why? Because I hear the sound of abundance. The sound of abundance will compel you to put God to the test that he requires you to put him to. Elijah could have made it easy for God. Just leave out the water. We will make it too hard for God. God said, no, one barrel is not enough. Now, we got to remember there's a drought going on. And probably as they were pouring this water, people were going, (gasps) what did David say? I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. So the whole town had to be emptied of all the available water. If God's going to do it, he's got to do it on his terms, not your terms. He doesn't want you hiding a little bit for yourself just in case he don't come through. Because he's coming through. If you let him, he'll come through. Huh? If you let him, he'll come through. Our problem is we don't know how to let God be God. Huh? They weren't allowed to manufacture fire anyway. Aaron had a couple of sons that did that. They let the fire of God go out on the altar, and they offered what they call strange fire. In other words, they struck a match and thought it was, and they evaporated. You got me? Drop dead. God said, drop dead if you want to, but I want this the way I want it because I am God. Let me. I, God means I call the shots, period, and nothing is too hard for me. And so... <clears throat> He he lights the he puts the water on there, the third water. Water ran around about the altar, filled the trench also with water, and it came to pass. Elijah offered his prayer, and he reassures God that I have done these things at your word. So God, I have obeyed you, and it's up to you from here on in. He said, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are God. In other words, God, these people are confused. They are so confused. They're living for Baal and they're holy people. They're sacrificing their own children to another God, and he's not doing anything for them. These people are backslidden. Your altar's torn down. God, they need to know who you are. 
And so God does things many times to reveal his true identity to people who don't believe or who are weak in faith. And so he is doing this as an intercessor on behalf of the people. So when you hear the sound of abundance, God has chosen you to intercede on behalf of the people. And he says that the people may know that you are the Lord and that you have turned their heart back again. In other words, he wants these people saved. God will demonstrate his power to convince people that he is God and he's real. You know why? Because he's got a lot of unconvinced people out here trying to preach him. Did you hear what I said? He's got people out here who are not convinced that he's God and they're trying to preach him. They're trying to preach a God who really isn't God. He's a composite of things that old wives tell. Same stuff religion always does. Weird stories, old wives tales, goofy testimonies. No power anywhere. I was watching this this guy. I forget his name. I don't need to give his name, but he's on YouTube. I'm gonna stay off YouTube. And he's walking through the audience. People are like, "Oh, oh, come here, come here, here." He's just laying hands on them, and they're falling. Well, God did that with us. That was your initial demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody in here can do that, right? You know, you just we've done that before. And I'm thinking, what? Nobody's got healed. Nobody's, he just, and they're running up to him like, you know why? Because nobody's done that in like 30 years and they're all starved to see anything. Anything. He's fortunate enough. He's got the anointing, but he's got, he didn't even know what it's for. Remember those days we just laid hands on each other. We fell and we caught and we fell and we caught. We thought, well, let's do a little more with this. Why don't we get into the word and find out how to get bodies healed and how to get people delivered? I'm thinking, God, come on, don't tell me we got to start this over again. And those of us who have some experience in it, we know what we got ain't enough. Well, bless God. I pray for them that God gives them more. You understand what I'm saying? But we're coming to a time when you can walk into a room and the Holy Ghost will be free to grab people and mend them and heal them and help them. And you don't have to get involved at all. You put your sacrifice will be staying out of it and letting God do what he wants to do with people. People will know to confess Christ by the Holy Spirit hovering over them, instructing them, moving their lips, and they'll be saved. Huh? Huh? I'm telling you, that time I went in to talk to my daddy and he didn't know me. Which, <laughs> you know, was. <laughs> He thought I was some nurse coming in there. I said, Daddy, come on now. Let's not go through this. You 90. I'm your daughter. Uh. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> One of them trips. So I'm sitting in a chair wondering why I'm here. A man behind the curtains crying out. I 
I don't understand. I, I could be. And some woman visiting him, she knows more scripture than I can tell him. I know all about this stuff. And the Bible says, she's not ministering to him. I said, where did this witch come from? And so I could feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit come in. It was hovering over him. And he was crying. He said, I just want to be saved. And I said, sir, I said, I was here to visit my dad. I said, but I really think God sent me here to speak to you. I said, that weeping that you you sense, I said, that's the Holy Spirit saving you now. I said, just accept that God has forgiven your sins and you are saved. I said, just receive him. See, God is so faithful. It's the Holy Spirit's job to save people. We're just the messengers. I'm going to tell you something. If we're not faithful with the message, he'll do it himself because he's done it before and he'll do it again. Got me? So he asked the Lord to hear him. Turn these people's heart back to you. That should be our prayer every day. And turn them back to you, God, in droves, a little bit at a time. Use my mouth. Use whatever. Then the fire fell. Fire of the Lord fell. Consume the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones. <laughs> and the dust. And licked up the water that was in the trench. Huh? Can you do that? Can I do that? Well, let's... Let's let it alone and let God do what he wants. Uh-huh. God knows how to convince people. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah said to them, Take the prophets of Baal. Don't let anybody escape. In order to do a complete job, you need the people. You need, you need God's people involved. They captured the prophets of Baal and slew them. And they chased them all the way down to the brook. Elijah said to Ahab, get up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. In other words, the famine is over. Hallelujah. Prove it by quitting holding on to the food, the little bit of provision you had. Go eat it. Whatever you were saving, go eat it. Amen. Whatever you were saving for the not so rainy day, go partake of it. Go, go celebrate with it. You got me? There are times God will use your faith to exhaust what you have in order that he might come in and bring you what he wants you to have. Amen. He'll do it. He'll do it every single time. I remember I had this little thing. I was listening to the debt free people. And Debt-free got to be bigger than God. And I had this thing. I said, oh, we don't go into debt. We do our conferences. We always pay all our bills. And until a couple years going, we couldn't do it. So we carried a balance. And I kept crying out to God. He said, are you going to let me be God or what you going to do? God, I can't do this. I never did. You might do a lot of things you thought you'd never do at the instruction of God. And he says, I mean for you to do these things by faith. He said, you've been doing it by what you call faith. Amen. 
He said, when are you going to trust me? You know, we, Pastor Shirley will tell you, the girls count the, the offerings about three in the morning because everybody's up. You know, conference, you don't sleep much. Not supposed to sleep. You're supposed to be awake in the things of God. <laughs> so I'm rolling over in the bed. My eyes are half open, half shut. What did we do today? Tell me. What's the offering? Or they'll text it to me. I hear that little blip, blip. Or roll over and look at it. Oh, no. Oh, God. I told you for a while I went through, I just pay it myself. That was wrong. I'm not trusting God. The bills get paid, but where's my faith? Huh? And I didn't want God messing with my money for real, you know, because that could dry up too. Whatever you're, you're, you're relying on will dry up. And so I had to learn that, that I do it no matter what happens. I do it no matter what it looks like. I do it no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. So when the fire fell, that was their total trust in God. Killed all the prophets of Baal. Last thing to do is for Ahab to get free so his people can get free. And this is the covenant meal that Ahab eats to show his faith in the abundance coming. Ahab, get your finest silver out. Get that crazy wife of yours to the table. Go dine because God, that is not, you don't need to spare anything now. You can eat like a normal person. You can get full because God is, I hear the sound of abundance. So Ahab obeys the prophet. Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah came to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth, put his face between his knees. That means he's crying out to God and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is a nothing. Servants have to have their eyes opened. Now, there are times, and I've I've done it, and those of you who work with me know I'll do it. I'll say, tell so-and-so such-and-such. And people look at me like I'm crazy. Some of you learned how to repeat what I said, even though it sounded stupid to you. And you found out it worked. Yeah. So he told the servant to look Because abundance has a sound. So the sound has to come to the servant first. Elijah tells him what he hears and he wants him to hear it too. This is very common with prophets. They can hear things they know are going to work for you and they are hoping they convey it to you in the way that you can receive it so that you can not go, I don't know about that. We're getting a cat fight, huh? Stop it. You snarl and hiss. <laughs> it's true. She don't know my situation. She don't know what I go through. <laughs> Uh, it's true. Trying to get you to do stuff that will 
cause you to enter in to the flow of God's abundance. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went down, told his servant to go look, and he told him, go again seven times. And it came to pass. All of it will happen. If it's God, it will happen. At the seventh time, he said, behold, there arise a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and get down that the rain will not stop you because it's going to be an abundance of rain. You're going to have to start acting like you expect abundance. God's going to tell some of you to go looking for property and start making, drawing up papers to show you that he can do what you fear he can't do. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And so the drought was stopped. The abundance came. But I'm telling you, it started with a sound. And it has to be holy and respectful throughout. When you find out what God wants you to do and you get in process, you stay with it until that abundance comes. We're so afraid we're going to make a mistake. Well, guess what? What did God just tell us? That when we make mistakes, he comes with an upgrade. So this cannot be stopped, folks. What God is planning for the earth, it cannot be stopped. It can, you can quit on it, but trust me, he'll raise up somebody to finish the job because it's not going to be stopped. The whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord like the waters cover the seas. I'm talking about more than just your little house and your little pocketbook and your little stuff that you think is so important for you to have before you leave this earth. Huh? It's going to be a tsunami so much you won't be able to contain it. So much there'll be an overflow. You'll be praying for something and prophesying something, and it'll start just flowing right past you to somebody else, and you'll be so happy they got blessed, you won't even think about you. Why? Because your flesh will be so slaughtered, you don't even care about. You'll finally start to care about what God cares about. Amen? You'll start to understand where God's heart is for a change. You'll start to be transformed into his glorious image the way he wants to do. That's worth a whole lot more than anything perishable from this earth. So God's got a people, folks. We're in the making still. You're always going to be in made, huh? (laughs) As the mafia said, you're a made man. You're a made woman. Amen? Because God's doing the making. He'll get the glory. Trust me. He knows how to do it. Nobody's going to stop this because it's already in process. Amen. And so as we declare his glory, it begins to descend closer and closer and closer. I don't know about you, but I hear the sound of abundance. Amen. I hear it. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for blessing us to be a people 
who hear your holy word. And I thank you, Lord, for giving this to all of your people. Nobody's left out. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Amen. Praise God. Amen.